Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey y'all, I'm Jules. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. What's up, Kelly? Hey, Jules. I'm so excited. I'm Me too. Because oh, I know, I know, I, know, I think I like it. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and why are we about to lose control? That is well, because. It's, well, it's probably old news to the listeners because I'm, I'm posting it today, but we got our new spiritual cover for the podcast itself. So we've got a new image for the cover. That's not just my, my mug looking at you. Um, cause I got told that, you know, nobody cares. So, <laughs> okay. That's a little harsh, but, yeah. got it nicer than that, but effectively that's what they said. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say that about our, about our peeps. I mean, our tribe's pretty darn cool. I'm just saying well, you know, you know, just nobody cares to look at my, my face. They needed something that was a little bit more, um, you know, bright and shiny and, and new agey sort of spiritually, Bloddity who's it, right? Okay. So, you know, so we created the, the Bloddity who's it thing. <laughs> the Bloddity who's it spirit Bloddy sherpa foo foo yes. nana new cover. <laughs> new cover. Kaboom. Yes. So for those of you who have been with us since the beginning, you have now seen three, count them, three different covers for the podcast. It slices, it dices, it tells you who we are. <laughs> <laughs> It Julian Fries. <laughs> Thank you. I needed Julian Fries because I was going, oh my God. And she, she was funny, but she needed to say it. My brain is just having a meltdown because it didn't say Julian Fries. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Okay, so we're it's gonna yeah. be one of those days. So buckle up. Yeah, that's it. And we're doing two podcasts today. Two, two, two minutes in one. Okay. That's it. And here we go. We have now done Ronco, and we have done Double Mint. Okay, let's yes. see what other random things from our childhood we can pull forward into this episode. Oh, I got one. Okay. How how is Panama? Panama. <laughs> Panama is fucking awesome. Oh my God. Right. Jeff and I get up every morning and we, we go out of the house for, you know, whether we go in the backyard or if we get in the car and drive somewhere and we just go, oh, it's so beautiful here. This We get to live here. We live here now. Oh, we, we drove into town uh, this morning. Uh, to go to the Tuesday market. They have a Tuesday market where everybody, all the locals come out and they sell their wares. We bought the most amazing chocolate I have ever tasted in my life. I had the most amazing coffee I've ever had in my life as well this week. It's called uh, Padamaka. Padama. Oh, I, shit, I'll screw that up. I'll put it in the show notes. But That'll work. <laughs> I was going to say bless you, but it's called, but it is amazing. It's like I can normally as, as, as our, our guest today will tell you, I am the candy coffee girl and I like mm-hmm. to have pregnant sugar in my coffee. Um, but this coffee is so good. I drink it black because I don't want to don't want to mess with the flavor. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we drove into town this morning and the, it, so it's the rainy season here. And so there's always a different level of cloud cover over the mountains and over the, the volcano. We live on a volcano. The volcano is called Baru. Baru is Baru. is a gender neutral volcano. And I'm still coming into relationship with Baru. So um, do not piss off the volcano. We are not pissing off the volcano. Yes, that is that is a good idea. So but there's always a different level of cloud cover. And so the the landscape always looks different. The mountains around us, we, we're in a valley and the mountains around us always look different. And it's so beautiful and it's so green and it rains every day. And I love the rain. And it's only been a couple of days that it rained all day. And I keep thinking when it rains all day, because when it rains here, at least some of the rain is torrential every day. Right? Oh, wow. And seven hours straight it rained yesterday and it rained for seven hours and much of it was torrential and i'm like where does all that freaking water go <laughs> yeah, now yeah, I where I was gonna ask you. And yeah now i understand why all the rivers have such deep grooves that they they have these real the river is you can't just walk down to the river the river is like i don't know like 10 feet below the edge of the the land the rivers have cut such a deep groove because there's always so much water just cutting that groove and it keeps it from flooding because you when it rains for seven hours straight torrentially you know yeah so we're where all of the water in china has gone oh wow <laughs> wow going through a massive drought and the yangtze river is drying up it's the third largest river in the world is drying up and we are getting torrential rains for seven hours straight so <clears throat> sorry wow. yeah, yeah. although i understand that this is quite normal actually so yeah it is it, it'll be your new norm 
That's my new norm. Yeah. yeah. And you've yeah. been posting videos on TikTok and I saw, well, I'm on Instagram. So I saw yep. like y'all going out and enjoying the music and the dancing. Of course, that's totally up my alley. Yes, so it is. I've, I thought about I was, you all night. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, ooh, I, sh- I would be there dancing all night. Oh, and the best thing about it is that it starts, we got there at 530 for socialization, six o'clock for dinner. And then the dancing started at like 7, 7.30, and it was over by 10, so I could be back in bed in my old person self. And that's very my civilized. Dad. Yeah. I right? love it. It's very, very civilized. Yes. I love it because that so works with my bedtime now. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. So, yeah. As, you know, when you want to sing up the sun, it's hard to go to bed at midnight. So, yeah. So, anyway, the person you're hearing in the background, in case you don't recognize her voice, is Charlemagne from us. Yay! And she's back and visiting with us again today. We love her. And love so, her. Uh, you know, I'm going to drag us off of the Panama topic because, you know, I could talk about that all day and actually cover the topic that we planned for this episode, which is Green Tara. Now, Charlemagne, you're going to have to kind of carry this one because Green Tara is uh, my only exposure to Green Tara is from the Goddess deck, and mm-hmm. so okay. um, I don't know jack about Green Tara. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell us about Green Tara, and I will play student with everyone else. How about that? Sure. Um, you know, the interesting thing about that is that I think most Westerners are not aware of the the Taras, and there's more than one, but Green Tara specifically, uh, as well as the fact that um, there's a lot of generalization and the Buddhist deities uh, particularly are so vast, so numerous that it's easy to be confused. So a deep dive is uh, not a common thing for most Westerners. So I will happily answer any questions. If you want, I can sort of start with a little bit about her origin, like, like, like a superhero that she really is. Uh, we yes. can do origin story if we you love like. Origin stories. Yes. Okay. So, Green Tara is one of is first of all to say that she is a Buddhist deity, and um, her name comes from Sanskrit. Her name Tare or Tare spelled spelled T A R A in the English alliteration, um, but often pronounced Tare. And um, she is considered a great mother of all of the Buddhas and the awakened one. So her story is that she evolved from a tear from another bodhisattva called, and this is, a, I'm going to say it slowly, Avalokit Shivara. Um, and she fell out of that, that Buddhist bodhisattva's eye in a moment of great longing and she became a form unto herself, a goddess of compassion. And she then has the blue lotus, which is one of her symbols. And she sits either shown holding it as well as often sitting upon it. And she is considered the unconditional guide and protector of those whose purpose it is who, for, for all of those who have yet to be enlightened. And as a bodhisattva, so yes, I'm going to stop sorry. for a second. So um, I know for a fact that you are, you have sent us a picture of your green Taras on a blue mm-hmm. lotus. And that, yes. so for those of you looking at your phones right now, the picture of green Tara on the lotus flower is actually on the cover of this episode. So if you're curious what she looks like and what that's about, you can see that on the cover. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's really beautiful. Um, so she's considered in many ways um, the one that we call to if we are in fear, in suffering. Her, well, to, to back it up a little bit, you know, you may, you may ask, for those of you who may not know, what is a bodhisattva? This is an important question. Um, the bodhisattva is one who dedicates their life to eternal reincarnation or to staying on the earthly plane until all beings have reached enlightenment. Um, she herself is, an enlight- is considered an enlightened being and one of the most potent enlightened beings, yet she is dedicated to humanity, um, her purpose really to be the uplifter and the protector, um, to help shepherd people into new consciousness, as well as new ways of being in their own life. Most Tibetan uh, Tibetan monasteries and nunneries start their days with prayers to Tara uh, in order to encourage uh, success in their endeavors, to remove obstacles, um, uh, to ask for the community to be watched over and guided. Um, practitioners also chant her mantra, which I will happily pronounce. And I can also send you a key, a, a link rather to several beautiful versions. That would be fantastic. Uh, they're, yeah, they're wonderful. Very, very beautiful. She's most universally described as the mother archetype, the mother of all Buddhas, as I was saying earlier. So is that um, she, sort of the equivalent of ISIS? That's a hard, you know, as someone who also really is deep into Egyptology, um, it's different. Uh, Isis, you know, very much is the mother of specific sons. Okay. But Tare is considered the mother of all Buddhas. So there's many other goddesses in Egyptology that are mothers um, of the different gods, but differently, Kurin Tare is considered the mother of all Buddhas. Okay. But yeah, in, in, in the one respect that um, certainly she's considered the great mother and so is Isis. So, yeah, I would say that that alignment does exist. Okay. Definitely. Um, do they, have, do also, they have similar energies, like their caring, nurturing kind of mother um, with Isis and Green Tower? Or is it more like get your, you know, like you step out of line and whack, here's you need to get back on the path. Well, I will say to you this, Isis has more of that aspect than Green Tower does. Green Tower isn't so much of a wacky on the nose type of goddess. <laughs> um, there are others in that pantheon that would be, but she is far more of the one that you call if you are in dire need. Um, if you look at the photo of the statuettes, the statues I sent you, you'll notice that her right foot is coming off her cushion. She is prepared to jump into action to help those who call on her. That's one of the things that she is renowned for. She does not put you to test in this tradition. Life is its own test. She doesn't need to further test you. That's not who she is. That's not her energy. That's not what she's about. Interestingly, her, her, her modus operandi, if you will, is that she's also a bringer of peace. So many can, can call on her, during times of real trouble. And in fact, one of the things I've noticed myself during this pandemic as a, as an example, um, she can really help us when we're in places of feeling overwhelmed, feeling sorrow, feeling lost, that there's a, a real sense of upliftment that she brings a real sense of stability, sturdiness, 
that kind she can like really grant. Kind of like St. Christopher, the saint of lost souls. You know, in a certain way, that's a more apt comparison than Isis, just energetically mm-hmm. and what she stands for, right? So some of her, some people consider her a shepherd, right? She's a fully awakened form of wisdom and compassion that they say lovingly shepherds um, sentient beings from endless suffering to samsara, to enlightenment. So yeah, that, that's Can you apt. samsara for people? The suffering of samsara. Well, you know, my my working with that concept will be, you know, Westerners. I would say that the most simplified thing that we can say about the samsaras, and there's also samsara and samskaras, so you get into like this whole thing. Um, let's just say that our worldly, visible world on the earthly plane is part of the bulk of the understanding of that. So she changes, she helps us to be prepared in the living time as well as the after this lifetime to transcend the attachments, the problems, the hooks, if you will, of our lived existence. Okay. That makes sense. Many people come to her for that sort of relief as well as for answers to their problems. Um, She's really known and widely pictured as a young version, a young woman. She's considered ageless, and so she takes a form that is welcome. So, you know, some, again, many of the other Buddhist entities take on very fierce looking forms. And, you know, that would be hard to approach and ask for help, depending on what state of condition your head and your heart are in. So Which Green Tara way, is this. Yeah, I have to, I have to correct myself. St. Christopher is the patron saint of travelers. Uh, yes. Jude the Apostle is patron saint of lost souls. You know, it's funny. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, she Christopher? But <laughs> yes. So I was like, because I, I, I knew there was one. I was like, on my luggage for St. Christopher. Did I miss something? But no. I think I was on the vibe you were putting out there. So yes, that all is still true, but yes. Yeah. Um, so Green Tara is visualized as a young girl, often mischievous and playful. And she can have that interaction the more you work with her. She becomes a very welcoming presence. Um, so she would be so, very yeah. helpful for those who are just awakening and kind of going back a few episodes. How do I know when I'm in my spiritual awakening? And she's like, hey, guess what? Welcome to the party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on a, on a certain level, you could say that Green Tara is, yes, welcoming in that regard. And the more that you work with her, the more that you set up an altar or take time and meditate with her, she helps to bring us into a greater sense of compassionate viewing and being in the world too. Um, and you said you were going to share with us her, the, how, how one prays to her. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. There's a few things about that that are really, really cool. So for instance, I like to make a cup of, tea. They're traditionally, they're traditional things that she likes. So I make a little cup of green tea for myself, which I'm actually sipping here right now. And I made some and put in a little bowl in front of her. Um, And I bless that. It's a tea offering or it's called sometimes Torma, T-O-R-M-A, Torma offering as a way of approaching. You don't necessarily like any of the 
deities that you have a relationship. It's there's reciprocity, right? So we don't just come and ask for stuff endlessly without also making an offering and our gratitude as well as potentially real tangible offerings. So sometimes it's a little Torma cake and sometimes it's tea and Torma, like, you know, tea with the goddess, right? There's that friendliness aspect, tea with the goddess, like very much so for me. So you bring that forward. Uh, I tend to bless it and, and then chant her mantra, which is Om Tare Tutare Ture Suoha or Svaha, depending on your pronunciation. And that mantra uh, is really kind of beautiful. And um, we can kind of look at the translation of it. It's you're calling her by her name. You're saying Omtare, uh, Tutare. She's a swift one. And she comes again. This is that recognition of her sitting on that cushion, ready to leap up and help. Um, you who arrive quickly, you who are strong, hail to you, Tare. So there's, I can, again, when I send you the links to the, the chance, I'll, I'll write this out for you so you can have it. Didn't the, uh, Dalai Lama do one of the chants, if I remember correctly? Yes. You remembering a post I put up. Yes. Dalai Lama definitely calls upon green Tare. Um, she is again, much like, and you think about him and what he does and the alignment of his message with who she is, right? He's trying to help us all, all beings to be in a place of peace, in a place of non-suffering and non-judgment, preferably, and to, you know, prepare for whatever this life provides. And then afterwards, hopefully to ascend, to reach enlightenment, so it's very much in alignment. So good memory there, so Jules. Can you, because yeah. um, I know that this is generally a mantra, right? So it's a yes. it's a thing that you say over and over and over again. So can yes. you just go through several cycles so people can get a sense of what the mantra is? Sure, sure, sure. Forgive my rough voice. Um, it'll probably be prettier when you sing it. But it's Om Tare Tutare Ture Svaha. 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 And you just do that and do that and do that. I tend to do it for long enough to be able to hold a vision. The idea too is you can hold a vision of Green Tara in your mind and see her emanation before you or chant that to your. In my case, I have a uh, series of statuettes and an altar, as well as a Tibetan tanka painting of her. So you can you can do that, and it calls that energy, that vibration, to you, to your space, and to you, filling you with that light, with that energy, that whole vibration. It's really a beautiful practice. Really a beautiful practice. I have not done that particular practice, but I will say Mm -hmm. that I have done a long term uh, mantra practice. I I took a three hour drive to a to a the grand opening of the Galeana Retreat Retreat Center um, years ago now, and Mm -hmm. uh, I was coming in a day late, and so I spent the entire three hour drive doing I open. I receive for three hours. 
Yeah. When I arose, when I arrived, <laughs> um, people, I got out of the car because I, I wanted to be in the right energy space because a day into a tantric retreat, you know, people are energetically shifted and I wanted to not be disruptive to the energy. And that's why I was doing it. And so, I arrived and people were just looking at me. They're like, Oh my God, it's like, you're glowing. They're like, I have to know you. Who are you? I must meet you <laughs> it's in such a beautiful place. After chanting, I open, I receive for three hours mm-hmm. straight. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend chanting practices. They are oh yes. And I do too. I will say it's very, very, it can really alter your state very quickly. The vibration has so much power. And so the vibration of the voice, no matter whether you like your sound of your own voice or not, and that's part of why also it's nice to have tracks to sing along to, too. So I'm, like I said, I'll send you those too. Um, it occurs to me to also mention that um, green tar is really important in that as, as women, um, there in a lot of the Buddhist traditions, you will see that there are, and in, Buddhism in general, Green Tara is very special because she, in some ways, has in this time become a, more of a symbol of the feminine in a, in a very balanced and beautiful way. Um, the growing interest in her over the last decade or two in particular has been part of a widespread cultural shift. When we think about Buddhism, when you think about the Buddha, it's generally male and so many of the emanations are male, masculine. Um, when Green Tara in, in her story decides to become a bodhisattva, one of the things that is told to her is that, well, generally women do not take this role. And if you think about it, the only other one that is really popular and that we are aware of is Kuan Yin, right? Right. Um, and the notion of her rising uh, is not to necessarily eclipse male energy, but to be available to all, which really also changed certain things culturally with regards to women in practice, having someone to look to. So if you think about other religions and dominant ideas culturally regarding ascension and what we do next, what happens next, centering a female figure is so important. So it's really of note that she arrives powerfully and yet also to be of service to humanity. It's a very beautiful thing. Um, so I, I like to emphasize that for uh, people who particularly are looking for balance in the masculine and feminine energetics to incorporate green tar if you potentially have a buddhist practice and you're looking for that or kuan yin for that matter but it's a whole nother story but they are those two are are very similar in fact if you're looking for two that are similar i'd put those two together quite frankly well that's interesting I, I often think of kuan yin as being the female version of christ right mm-hmm yeah. So, okay, I'm mm-hmm. going to ask who's Kuan Yin because I don't know that I remember her. So for everybody else, yep, I'm asking. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Might have In, to do a different, uh, a different Yin, session. <laughs> Kuan Yin comes more from China, whereas Green Tara, like much of like Buddhism itself, originates in India and then moves through Asia. Okay. So we get into that whole stream. That's a whole big topic. We'll have to do a whole yeah. separate one on Kuan Yin. Okay. She's got her own story. So yeah, and it's a yeah. it's a different story of suffering, which is part of why she takes the role she takes. Gotcha. So, yeah. Not to, to come on back. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, green Tara is, is a lot to do with healing and wholeness herself and that healing and wholeness and that inner peace is what we're striving for. And enlightenment can't come in many schools of thought until we've reached those states, can come to know those states and to bring ourselves into those states. And so when we're really in the opposite place, when we're in panic or despair or fear, um, calling to green tar can help to restore that balance, that calm. Are there so, certain, I'll say, topics or how how would I best, say if I wanted to develop a relationship with green tara mm-hmm. and, um, and this is my first time doing this and I'm not sure exactly what to ask, you know, are there... Would it be kind of like, okay, I'm I'm on my spiritual awakening. I'm on my path. You know, where do I go next? How do I, how do I connect with my higher self? You know, how do I live out what I'm supposed to do in this life to the my best possible outcome? You know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I, I don't know what actually. Yeah, I was gonna say actually, interestingly, you know, she's not like there are many goddesses of certain things, right? Isis is a goddess of magic for example, right? Selene is a goddess of the moon and certain other specific things. Whereas Green Tara is more of a goddess to humanity. She's again a bodhisattva, so not the same as a goddess specifically, but she is, um, she's both. And so she would answer the call of those in need. So whatever your need is, she's one of those you can go to and really say, I need guidance. I need help. Help me to understand Please open my heart, open my mind to your wisdom so, that I may be the best that I can be. So you can go with whatever your question is and sit in contemplation, call her in and ask for her messages, ask for her guidance. And she, she's really good with that. So I have a thought. Mm-hmm. So if everyone who's listening to this podcast, because you know, the U.S. is a bit of a dumpster fire right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I literally had to negotiate with the egregore of the U.S. to leave the country. Uh, it had been messing with me. Um, mm-hmm. So um, if everyone in the U.S. who's listening to this builds an altar to Green Tara and asks for her help in reuniting the country and bringing us through this dumpster fire and back to a state of stability and peace and, and, um, well-being. And it's important that you ask for what I said and not for your party to be the winner, right? Because that's, that's not the Bodhisattva way, right? Exactly. It is not the Bodhisattva way. It's about coming back to a place of peace and harmony and well-being and love and compassion for our fellow people, right? And so um, if we came together as a group, this could be a group project. And if you have other groups that you belong to, you could get them involved and have your groups be part of this. So if you're part of a coven or if you lead a prayer group at church, or, you know, if you're part of whatever spiritual circles you are and you feel inclined to do this with your circles, if we as a collective come together and, and beg green Tara for her support and uh, and make her offerings and say, help save our country before it goes down the shithole. (laughs) Um, This would be 
this would be the appropriate use. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting. I can see some of that. And certainly I definitely want to say the, uh, the wisdom of saying we don't ask for a particular outcome because there's this very interesting thing about surrendering to the wisdom of the divine, right? Thy will, not my will. Mm-hmm. As I often say to people, uh, you know, you could ask for your want. It's equivalent or better. I always say that. I teach that because we know all. We can see, not see all. And we are as wise as we may be. We do not have the omnipresence to know what is best for the collective. Right. We just don't. And so the wisdom in saying, may all beings know peace. May there be reconciliation May there be reciprocity, may there be love, and may we come to a greater understanding and harmony, I think is a very appropriate prayer. You know, there's a, there's a whole other aspect of this too, which is, you know, how do we come to that? We come to it humbly, we come to it openly, we come to it with non-attachment. That's part of Buddhism, right? It's the practice of non-attachment without getting into it too much who knows where what's happening is going to take us and that there may be a need for certain of the things we're going through as a fire of purification. Um, we just hope it happens in a way that's gentle, peaceful, and that can be seen for what it is. I mean, that's part of her goal too, is the reduction of delusion and the clarity to see through illusion, to know what's right, to come back to the heart, to let the heart be the compass more than personal preference and the head and what happens there, all the mental macerations that go on. But we can come back to the overriding love and compassion that Green Tara teaches us. We think differently. We act differently. We'll speak differently. This is the highest hope, right? That's part of what leads to enlightenment. That's part of what enlightenment is. Oh, what a great point to finish our episode on. Hmm. So... Yeah, that was pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. So if you choose to be part of this, we invite you to do so. Um, And if not, you know, play along from home. That's fine. (laughs) Um, And um, so, so Charlemagne, you do astrology readings as well as giving great uh, mythology. Uh, so, uh, why don't you tell everybody? Because it's been a minute since, since we've told everybody where to find you. How do they? How do they get hold of you to do some astrology with you? Because you know, if you think this woman knows a lot talking about a single subject, imagine what she can do when she builds all of that into your your reading. It's divine. So yes, tell us, tell us. Oh, thank you. Um, people can reach me for astrology, tarot, a variety of things of that nature at, you can email me at charlemagne at in the lap of the goddess.com. And we'll put that, that in one of the best ways. You don't know how to spell it. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it's definitely, thank you. It is not easy to spell. Uh, and um, that is the best way to reach me. And I'm more than happy to work with people in a variety of modalities and, uh, I love that. And, you know, we're, we're coming into this point right now too, where, because we're going to reach our, our next, um, 
moon, full moon. You know, we just had this new moon in Virgo, which is another wonderful opportunity. I would say this too, just to drop this in. You know, this this time when the sun is cycling through Virgo is a marvelous time to think about health, well-being, groundedness. And it's a wonderful time to begin a practice, if you wish, with green Tara. We're in this more feminine energetic for the month. Well, now it's, you know, it's, a, it's nearly, uh, nearly three and a half weeks of that time left. And it's also a time of communication because it's ruled astrologically by Mercury. And so a good time to start speaking from the heart, connecting that thought, prayer into action during Virgo is a wonder and grounding it into our life. It's a wonderful time to do it. So, yeah. And thank uh, you. Thank you for that mention. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. All right. It's absolutely my yeah. pleasure. Absolutely. All right, guys. Um, well, let's see. Do we have a Kellyism for the end of this one? Nope. I think nope. did it for me. I think she she pretty much did it. It, it was a Charlemagneism. <laughs> she put a pin in it. It was. It. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we will include all of the information for Charlemagne in the show notes. Um, and that is all that we have for this week, folks. Tune in next time when Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Jules, here with Kelly Sparta and Charlemagne Tremont, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car, I'm all alone, but feeling strong knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving wondering where my spirit will I'm driving are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing but you feel like you kind of probably should especially since You seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.